Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast in partnership with Ascension. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I am joined by two of my dearest friends ever, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. What you're going to find is we're three normal women who are on the journey, who laugh, we cry, we have all kinds of adventures, and our heart is to share our love of Christ with you, our friendship, and all the beautiful and broken places that we encounter. So you are most welcome to join us on this journey. Grab a cup of coffee, get settled in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast today and welcome to Advent. And we have a really cool series that you've been hearing about what we're going to launch this um, this season. And we're really excited about it. We have an awesome, awesome guest on the show for you today. Um, but before we introduce her, I want to always, as usual, uh, welcome my dear friends, uh, Heather and Michelle, who we've already been chatting as we usually do for about an hour. And I want to say Michelle is in a particularly good mood today. So Michelle, do you want to tell everybody why you're in a good mood today? Just please do. Okay. So I finally drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and started the essential oils journey. And oh, no, she didn't. Oh, oh yes. It's all downhill, y'all. Like, and I mean, it is like a game changer. And I was so uh, skeptical, like whatever. Um, and like, I really need one more thing to do. But guys, I have to tell you, I've been on them for like a week and some of their vitamins and I'm a happy girl. Like they, I mean, I'm becoming an oily person. So yeah, I love it. <laughs> We're just gonna we're gonna leave that right there, okay? Um, so we could do like we could do like a scratch and sniff podcast, Michelle. What are you wearing? Like, what oils are you wearing? If we were to scratch right and now, sniff, right now I have like it? the beautiful like hormone progesterone blend. Like people really want to know. Sorry, male listeners, but then I have you guys like TMI, TMI. Yeah, then I have the stress away and abundance and oil on today, and so yeah. I'm becoming like, I told you, like a walking, um, I've drank the Kool-Aid. So yeah, I'm totally into the oil life. So sister, how are you today? You're in California. How are you? I, I am in California giving a parish mission, an Advent parish mission. The weather is absolutely lovely here, so I cannot complain. Sunny and 75 every day. I see why people pay millions of dollars to live here. <laughs> Can I just say that? So it's absolutely beautiful. There's no mosquitoes or like oppressing humidity like we have in South Texas. So I'm actually doing quite well here. It's been lovely. Oh, good. So Heather, you're still wearing plaid, I must say. You're looking fine in plaid today. Thank you. I'm feeling very festive, and Michelle has plaid on, too. And, sister, the fact that you're on the West Coast, even though you're not with me, I just feel some sense of solidarity. <laughs> so thanks for being in my time zone. Girl, I love you. I do what I can. Even though I'm not wearing plaid, you know, but... Uh... <laughs> well, you know what? Our guest today is not wearing plaid either. Thank you very much. But she is absolutely lovely. So I want to introduce to you our beautiful friend, Allie. And just, Allie, you want to introduce yourself to our listeners and kind of just tell us a bit about yourself and what burns in your heart. And we just want to hear everything about you. Yeah. So actually, Michelle, it's so funny because right before I put on my own stress away, and I, yes, and I have Tranquil, and I'm like, I don't know if it works, but I know it smells good, and so <laughs> I'm right there with you, so there solidarity, you go, here we go. Uh, my go. name is Allie Hoffman, I'm a full-time youth director in the Fort Worth Diocese, so I work at a parish, and um, that's my daytime job, and then every other free time spent is doodling, so I own an Instagram account called the oodles of doodles where i just make pretty things oh 
It started out as a New Year's resolution on Instagram, and Oodles of Doodles was already taken, so I just like the Oodles of Doodles. And it's just grown into a little ministry, and it's been awesome. That's basically what I do with my life. I think, and also, sister, what you're asking about, what burns in my heart, um, I think to make physically beautiful things is something that I'm so passionate about. Um, and also what we're going to be talking about today, community and sisterhood and your known, loved, seen, heard, wanted, and all of that fun stuff, uh, it gets me fire up, fired up. So I'm excited. We love that. And I mean, that's what we're really focusing on this Advent is, you know, just featuring, you know, a couple of women in just different stages of life and what life looks like for you. And, and, and that very thing, the community, the visitation, the, the Mary, the Elizabeth, you know, and how do we serve and love one another? So I know this is really dear to Michelle's heart. So Michelle, you want to talk about that a bit before we kind of dive into our questions that we have for Allie? Yeah. And so when we were praying about an Advent series, this, um, it just comes uh, one thing feeds into another thing. And I think that's how the inspirations of the Holy Spirit work, that the, the Holy Spirit gives us a spark and that spark turns into another spark and turns into a flame. So actually, when we were recording the podcast with Father Josh a couple of weeks ago, he talked about Judas and like really Judas became who he was and did what he did because he was living a life of isolation. He was not sharing. And Sister made a word, talked about the fellowship. And like when I think of the fellowship, I go straight to the Lord of the Rings, like fellowship of the ring, you know, whatever. And so, but I was thinking about, especially coming off of the series of the Doctors of the Church, the Four Women Doctors of the Church, what does it look like to have a fellowship of the feminine genius? What does it look to have women come together in a circle where there's not a beginning and there's not an end and we feed around? And what does it look like when we're in a fellowship of the feminine genius and that we can bring our maternity and our sensitivity and our receptivity and our intuition and sensitivity to the spirit and do that to celebrate one another and celebrate sisterhood? And I like we have said on this show before, we really feel like there is... Um, a season of the feminine genius coming into its fullness. And with that, a season of the masculine genius also coming into its fullness um, that we have never seen before in the church. And um, and we feel like we have a small part to play in that. And so that is what we're going to be breaking open today again, is just what does that look like? A fellowship of the feminine genius. And just basing all of that on the visitation, Mary and Elizabeth, we're in the season of Advent. We're in the season of waiting. We're in season, what is the Holy Spirit birthing? in us right now. You know, he as he's birthed um, something through Mary, he wants to birth something through each and every one of us this Advent season. And so, um, yeah, that is where we're at, you know. Yeah, amen. So it's going to be off the Gospel of Luke chapter 1, uh, 39 to 45, for our listeners to kind of go into that story with us when Mary uh, goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth in the hill country and just that beautiful encounter that they have. And where Elizabeth exclaims, you know, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. You're the child of your womb. Uh, it's just such a glorious interaction between the two of them. And so, um, Allie, you want to talk to us a bit about kind of like when you read that passage of the visitation, like what are some of the themes, uh, that stand out for you as you, as you kind of glean into those things? Yeah. When, uh, Michelle sent me this, uh, yesterday, the first thing that came to my mind was, if they were in like today's world with Instagram and Mary put on like her stories or like on her Instagram, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm the mother of Jesus. Like, I just think, I don't know if there would be much rejoicing as much as like, why did she get picked <laughs> over thing? Oh, so the biggest yeah. thing that like stood out to me was like, 
Elizabeth was so excited for Mary and this gift that was given to her. Um, it was just two rejo women rejoicing. And because of that, like Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and the, the first thing that came to my mind was community over competition. Like, oh. I just think if, if Elizabeth was jealous of Mary's accomplishments or like jealous of her, like, how was that stifling the Holy Spirit and like stifling what the Lord had for Elizabeth? Um, and she just immediately rejoices with Mary. She's not like, you know, that thought of, oh, I want that. Like, why wasn't I mm -hmm. picked? What the heck? But more of, I'm so excited that the Lord is doing this. Like, you are the mother. Like, who am I that the mother of our Lord should come to me? And um, blessed are you. And just praising and, like, standing with her. That was the first thing that came to my mind with totally Holy Spirit move. Because I've never had that come when I've read that passage before. So that's immediately what came to my mind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I love it with, in that combination, that community over competition. Mm. And I think we've said it a couple of times on the podcast that there is room enough. And I think like when we talk about the Fellowship of Feminine Genius, there's room enough for everyone at the table and everyone's giftings and callings and everyone's who they are. There's room for them to be seen. But I was thinking about it this morning as I was getting ready, thinking about the podcast, getting dressed. There's a difference between being seen and being known. And like you were saying, like on an Instagram culture, we want to be seen. We want people to look at us and see us. But that doesn't mean they know us. So there's a difference, you know. And I think the beautiful thing between Mary and Elizabeth's relationship is that Elizabeth and Mary knew each other. They knew each other's hearts and they knew each other's um intentions and they knew the Lord well. So with that, they were rooted in their relationship with the Lord and that way they can know each other in a really just powerful way to call out what the Holy Spirit was doing, you know? And so sister, what are your thoughts? Oh, I, I totally agree. And I love that, Ellie. I love that you said that because that is such a, it's such a temptation in our hearts to compare ourselves with one another and to, especially in a social media culture, that is the first thing we do. Like, Oh my gosh, she looks amazing. Like, how come I don't look like that? And, and most of it's just a filter anyway, you know, because, and I think that there is a reality of being seen, but we're also like, we want to be seen at our deepest levels. Like I love it, Michelle, when you talk about how, when one of your kids is struggling, you will often just kneel down to their level, look them in the eye and say, I see you. Like I see you. And that quells so much desire for competition just to be seen and then obviously known and loved at our deepest level. So I, and amen, I think women, especially that'd be a wonderful Advent practice. If for the next several weeks, we just praised the Lord in one another and we're as happy, we're happy for one another and really fought against that temptation to compare and to compete and to become incredibly jealous. Oh, absolutely. Ellie, I um, see a lot of what you're doing on Instagram. I love your your Instagram page, and I would just encourage our listeners to go check out Allie because she, she does create beautiful things. Um, and her Instagram stories where she's singing in her car just crack me right up. I mean, she is like brightens my day so often. But one of the things that I also see about you, Allie, is that you celebrate other women's gifts, that it's not you don't act in competition on there, even though you easily could because you have you know, products and you want, you know, you have a platform. Um, so I'm just wondering if you could speak to like, where, when have women spoken into your life in a way that has brought forth life? Because obviously you're able to offer that to people. And usually we can offer things that have been also given to us. So when have women really spoken life, um, into you? Yeah, it's, uh, something that I've grown to do on, especially on insert any social media of just like, I know that <clears throat> I have specific gifts and talents. I know that other people do. And like, I need your gifts and talents to be in the world. And 
one woman that has really spoken into my life, um, classic response is my mom. I just think she is the modern day St. Barnabas, like son of encourager. Like she just, it, it, and it's so funny because it's not just to me that she does that, but she's such a, uh, my dad is an entrepreneur and he's always been his whole life. And whatever idea comes in his head or thing or dream, he, she is always beside him and like behind him saying like, I, you can do it. Like you can do anything wow. that you want. And it's really like settled down and like come down into my siblings and I, that my mom, she's just full of joy, um, definition of joy, but she's really just whatever crazy idea I have or um, insane dream that pops in my heart. She just so encouraging. She's never once said like that will never work out or like, let's think about the practicals and, or let's think of like, how are you going to make money? But she's like, do it. Like you always have, that's something both my parents did, um, growing up. And then I think another person was, um, one of my best friends from, we did, we were missionaries together and then we went to college and, um, her name is Colleen and she just celebrates like in the highs and the lows. And she's just one of those people that, if I have good news, she's like, I can, that's so exciting. If I have bad news, she just cries with me and um, oh. just the spirit of sisterhood. But also if I have dreams or like things that come to my heart in prayer, she's just one to celebrate. I mean, I just, I truly think of the visitation and she's just celebrating mm. with me and like thanking God for my gifts and talents. And I thank God for her gifts and talents and just, it's a mutual, just life giving relationship, I think. Hey, stop really quick, um, Allie. I would love to hear because I've just gotten to know you in the last year or so, but tell us a little bit more about your backstory. Where did you go to college and where were you a missionary at? And I would love for our listeners just to know more about your oh, story. All right. So I was born June 4th, 1990. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 1990, I, good 19, Lord, child. <laughs> woo! Grew up in the 90s. It was great. Um so I am 28 years old. I So I grew up, I was baptized Catholic, but I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up in a Protestant domination. Um, and my dad, it's a long story short, but my dad, uh, he brought us back to the Catholic church. So um, it just through prayer and conversion, I had my first God moment, like God is real when I was very, very young, probably when I was in sixth grade. And so my testimony is one more of like, I just love Jesus. I've, I always thought that to have a testimony you needed, like I was, you know, so far, I was the lost prodigal son, but I just, I've always mm -hmm. loved Jesus. And, um, right out of high school, I knew I always wanted to be a youth pastor and I always wanted to be a missionary. And um, just through prayers and really encouragement of my family, I was a missionary with NET Ministries, National Evangelization Team. Oh, yeah, great. amazing. Um, that was right out of high school. And so that uh, really gave me a solid foundation of prayer and um, relationship with Jesus and the sacraments and Mary and the Eucharist. Um, and then I went to school here in Dallas. And then I went back to net for a second year because I thought, hey, why not? <laughs> um, and then I finished school at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. And then I got the heck out of there because it's freezing. Why does anybody live there? Love you guys, but come on, come down south. Um, and my degrees in family studies and Catholic studies. So I just love the Catholic church and I love what she teaches and um, it just makes sense and truth. So that's kind of my story. Now I work at a parish. So I was a missionary and I'm a youth minister now. Jesus knows. Allie, I love NET Ministries. I too served on a team similar to NET. It was actually started by a NET home team called Reach Youth Ministries. And I found that an opportunity to live in community with other people 
um, to grow in my prayer life, to have some discipline and structure, um, was some of the best formative years of my life, which really has led into a, a lot of other things. And one of the strongest aspects was the prayer life, but also the community, how we were able to journey with each other and how you couldn't run away from hard relationships. Right. Are you with me on that one? Amen. Oh, <laughs> reconciling. It's the best. Yeah. 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 So what is something that you learned there you know, in, in regards to community, because I, I would say I learned tons of different tools. Um, but I think often we do run away from relationships, you know, when they get hard. So what are just some things that you learned about that aspect of when you have a friendship and something becomes difficult or you have a struggle with a person in your life? Um, what can you do to break through that for it still to be something that bears life in both? Um, I think one of the greatest things that Net Ministries did teach me was that how to reconcile, so how to repair relationships, and especially when someone hurt me, because when someone hurts me, I'm like, oh, I'll just brush it off, or it doesn't really matter, or, or just try to downplay it, and so um, really, it takes a lot of courage to go to someone and just say, hey, like, mm -hmm. I don't know if you meant this or not, and nine times out of ten, you probably didn't mean to hurt me, but um, recognizing that your feelings matter. <laughs> and if someone hurts them like that, that can be a big thing. Um, and uh, just, I think communication. So often I know for me, I'm super non-confrontational. So if something happens, I'm just like, oh, I'll just let it slide. But um, to be able to have courage to stand up, to call someone else onto holiness too, and that if they didn't mean that, or if they said something not out of love or, you know, or they're just tired or they even need, they're going through something and they lash out and X, Y, and Z, um, to be able to be able to be with those people. And I found that the people that I had to reconcile the most with are the people that I'm probably closest with today because it was that wow. mm -hmm. repairing of relationships and like knowing that, Hey, I really love you. And I want to make this work instead of, okay, you hurt me. Bye. See you never. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and so repairing that relationship and knowing that the Lord put those people in my life for a reason. So what mm -hmm. do they have to give me? So. And what mm -hmm. do I have to yeah. And that's very true. Like I think most of the time in relationships, when things get hard, it's the easiest path to just run away, you know, and most of us want to self-protect and we tell ourselves, I don't need this or this is whatever, instead of pressing into the hard, you know, the, and, and I too have found just exactly what you're saying, that it has borne the most fruit when I've pressed into the hard things, you know, Michelle and I have, it's like you sharpen each other. You know, there's been times where over the 20 years of our relationship, actually not that often, but there's been a couple of things that we've been like, ow, that hurt my feelings. Maybe one actually that I can recall, but it ended up being very, very fruitful and deeply bonded us again. Um, what other obstacles have you faced with women in cultivating true fellowship? Um, I think for me, it's that immediate reaction of if someone has an accomplishment or they do really well in something or they get engaged or they have families or they, you know, have different accomplishments, that immediate thought of why not me? Um, mm. And that like, just because someone else has something doesn't mean that God has not given me things. And so the, really the difficulties of that immediate, sometimes immediate reaction in my head of why wasn't I given that gift or why not me yet? Um, mm. And uh, Christine Kane, um, one of my favorite speakers, has she talks about all uh, she's powerhouse tell you what um mm -hmm. she talks mm -hmm. about For real. having seriously i oh my gosh 
um, having a circle of people that want to see you win. Um, and so an obstacle of, of people in your life that, um, that are that negative or, you know, that, that downplay your dreams or that, and you need practical people in your life who think like logistical thing, but also that raise you up. And so I think just the biggest thing for me is comparison Mm. and thinking, why not me? Why don't I have that? Why don't I have that gift and talent? Um, yeah, especially in social media culture, because it's so easy to see highlight reel and not the back side of things and what people are really struggling with and going through and, um, yeah, Ellie, so, that line. Would I? And if it's too vulnerable, you certainly don't have to say that. But this, and I just want to respect your heart. But I know so many beautiful women, young women like you, who are just aching to be married and are aching to have a family and children. And and it is that thing, like you said, of and when they're very honest, they say, you know, they go to friends' weddings over and over and over again. And they're like, I'm doing everything right, Lord. Like I. I'm going to mass. Like I'm being virtuous. I am waiting to get married. I mean, I can you, would you be willing just to speak to your heart about that? Cause I mean, Advent is a season of longing and it's a season of expectation. And, you know, Adam Young, one of my favorite podcasts, he talks about how our story often makes it hard to hope because hope makes us vulnerable. And so it's so much easier for us to just shut our hearts down and say, I don't care or, and we totally care. So would you, I would love to just invite your heart if you're willing to share that part of your heart and what that's like for you. Yeah. Oh, girlfriend, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> my parents were high school sweethearts, so they met when they were 15, and they've been married for 35 or 36 years. And so I assumed mm. that is what my life was going to be like. Um, I waited for it. I prayed mm-hmm. for it. Like you said, I did all the right things, you know, chastity and all that stuff, just my, like all that stuff. I had relationship with Jesus, and I'm 28, and I'm not married. Um, and it's really, I always thought, oh, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. Like Jesus just, I prayed so many novenas and I, you know, people have these miraculous stories. I'm like, why not me? Um, and really it's through that laying down of that desire, um, to Jesus. He knows my heart. Like he knows what he's created me for and laying down that I do want a holy marriage and I would love to have kids one day, but also I want Jesus more. Um, and realizing that, um, like if Jesus is not enough for me in my daily relationship, then anybody else who comes in will not fulfill that. I'm going to cry thinking about it because it's like, it's taken me so long and it's not just a one time like prayer and then, oh my gosh, I'm all of a sudden really good. And, um, you know, I'm completely trust in Jesus's plan. And just last night, it's so funny you bring this up because just last night I saw something on Facebook that I reposted on my Instagram And it basically just says, dear girl who sees her friends getting engaged, pregnant, married, and moving into their first home, posting pictures with her man, and you feel like you're doing something wrong, just stop. Their season isn't your season. God hasn't forsaken Mm. you, and comparison Mm. is the thief of joy. Um, Mm. And I know- Amen. Amen. Just, okay, mic drop if I had one. Um, We're going to throw some hallelujahs out. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Um, Knowing that, if I truly trust Jesus and I, and I trust in his promises for me and I trust in his timing that maybe it won't happen how I think it will happen. And there's times where I still get scared and I still want to turn in myself and make things work how I think it should work out. And so I close myself in, but when I truly live with my hands open, um, with all of my dreams and my talents and my gifts and my future, like knowing and trusting that 
Jesus has me where he has me and trusting that he will bring people into my life when he needs them to come into my life. Um, and there's so much freedom in living that, that I don't have to force things. I don't have to make mm. things happen. If I trust Jesus and not saying that it's easy because I still pray, I'm like, okay, I'm almost 30. Come on, Jesus. Like, do you think this is going to work out? Should I join a convent? What are you trying to say? I don't know, Jesus. Mm. Um, but just, it, just keeping that one step at a time and one last thing I want to say is I just had a conversation with a man who I think is my guardian angel because he just spoke life and I just met this man. But he said, basically, he's a father at a parish and he said that um, that Satan doesn't, you, you, he doesn't attack you in the present moment because God is in the present moment, but he attacks you in the future and in the past. And so when oh. you think of the future and there's anxiety or there's stress or there's like, you know, I have to work and make things plan out, just recognizing that. Jesus doesn't work in anxiety and stress. Like he doesn't, he doesn't make you anxious of the future that he is peace and he is rest. Um, so whenever I have those thoughts, like taking my thoughts captive and truly like it takes work and it takes yeah. time, but really surrendering my thoughts and my dreams and my desires to him at every single moment, which is not easy to do, but it's so, so worth good. it. That is mm -hmm. so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that really applies to like every stage that anybody, you know, somebody might be listening who's not 28 um, and unmarried, but it applies to every area where we have ache and longing, every area where we're hoping Absolutely. for something, you know, yes. everything that you said applies to all of us at every stage of life. You know, for me, there's things that I'm aching for and longing for. I have to speak truth into those areas, take my cat, you know, thoughts captive. And I love what you're saying, Allie, because it doesn't come easy. You know, like what you're speaking of, you're not just saying trite words or the right answer. You've actually journeyed through to a place of acceptance and rest in the heart of God and trusting in his plan, which I would assume is a daily choice that you need to make sometimes multiple times a day, as it is for me. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is. And, and I think I've said to a lot of the young adults I've uh, journey with, because 20-somethings are my favorite age group, um, maybe because that's my maturity level. But anyway, <laughs> um, that is your vocation is not the finish line. And I've said this a couple of times, but our vacation is not the finish line. It's where we just get started to grow in holiness. And I think, you know, we fill in the blank. When I get married, when I figure out if I'm religious or a sister, when I figure this, then life begins. That is not the case. You know, like, I mean, I love being married and, and I really feel like my marriage is a good marriage. But man, I've had to grow a lot and still growing daily, dying, daily sacrificing, daily learning. It is just like, you know, your vocation is not the finish line. Really, it's the starting line to figure that out. But it's all a journey. It is all a journey. And different seasons have different aches and desires and they all come up in one. I mean, wouldn't you say, sister, like just even with your vocation? Oh, definitely. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and so it's just all of us are trying to figure it out as we go. But every day is a daily surrender. Every day it's a daily sacrifice. And every day is a, it's an opportunity to grow in love wherever we are, whatever our vocation is, whatever season we are in our vocation. It is just all opportunities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To love. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, yes. I just want to say, Allie, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Thank you for your honesty. Cause it's, it's true. And it's, it, cause you know, once you get married and once you start having kids, that, that, that temptation to compare even as a religious sister, it doesn't go away, you know, and I just continue like Romans, like St. Paul says letter to the Romans you have to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that's that, like we're all talking about, that's the daily journey and it isn't easy. And, but you know, Jesus keeps asking us, like he asks the paralytic at the well, like, do you want to be well? 
do, do you want to be well? And if you want to be well, here's the restoration that happens every day. So I, I, I love your honesty. I just, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So Ali, I want to ask you, what does the feminine genius mean to you personally? That is such a good question. Um, I heard this word a lot in college, especially studying like Catholic studies and all that stuff. And I never knew well, I was like, I have no idea what that means. And it wasn't until two years ago, I went to a conference with other Catholic women and there was 300 women in a room, mom, single, the religious sister, I mean, of all different vocations. And the whole top, the whole theme was feminine genius. And to me, feminine genius means that, um, I know every person has gifts and talents. Um, they might look similar. Maybe people do hand lettering and design like myself, but that every single, especially I just think feminine genius, um, that you have unique gifts and talents to you that reveal a facet or a characteristic of the father that I don't have. Therefore, I need you. Um, and so for me, recognizing and talking about community and champion, um, but realizing that the woman in front of me, my sister, my mother, my friend, um, people I don't even know on the internet that encouraging and empowering other women to use their gifts to reveal something of the kingdom. Um, because there's a reason why you're living in 2018 and not a hundred years ago, um, or mm -hmm. 500 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. so for me, that's really what it is, is recognizing I've been given unique talents and gifts as a woman, um, to show a small part of the kingdom of God, um, and when I see other women using their unique gifts and talents, that she's showing me an utterly unique characteristic of the father, which is different than men and women. And we have different gifts and talents and, and um, given to us by the father. Yeah. So that's what it means to me. <laughs> and for you, okay, and this is another question. What do you think the masculine genius looks like? Oh, that is a great question. I think it, vice versa. Like, I think it's the same thing that men have such unique talents and gifts that are different than women that to recognize, um, to be used for the kingdom. And maybe they don't think that being a good father is a gift, or maybe they don't think that being a good priest or religious brother, or, you know, or being even, I have a couple of friends that do woodworking and they do it very well. I can't do woodworking and the way that they create things for the church or the way that they just use that gift and talent. Maybe they don't realize that it's, um, for the Lord or, you know, whatever, but, um, realizing that they have unique gifts and talents too, as men to give to the kingdom. And they have, you know, what example that you can show the world, what good fatherhood looks like. I can't show that. I can show what good motherhood looks like, but like the crisis of fatherhood and the crisis of fathers. And like, my dad is one of my best friends. Um, and just, he's just shown me just such a beautiful witness of who God the father is. And I realized that not everyone in the world has that and it's kind of unique. And so what an opportunity he has to show to the world, what good fatherhood is that my mom can't do. And it's okay <laughs> that she can't oh, yeah. do that. It is. And I think that's something that we would love to even flesh out even more on this podcast as we go along. And Journey is the complementary. We talked about a little bit when Father Josh was on our podcast, the complementary of the feminine and the masculine. Because as John Paul II, both of them are just become in our original personalhood and personalist as John Paul II is. But that is powerful. And I think uh, we did a print for our Shop Meaningful Market on fatherhood for Father's Day, and we sold out of it. But I was asking different people to tell me about their father. The stories were heartbreaking. 
and I had just a, a few good ones, but man, I mean, dozens and dozens of heartbreaking ones. And just that crisis of the fatherhood is just so real, you know? And so I think it's the feminine genius rising up so the masculine genius can come into the fullness of who men are also. It's a both and, it is not an either or, you know? And um, I love the things where it says the future is female, and I totally agree, the future is female, but the future is female and a huge ampersand and male, like both. Ladies always go first because, you know, we're good Southern mm-hmm. people. But, you know, it is the future of both, you know. And so as we are fellowshipping as a feminine genius, that is to make room for the masculine genius, too, to come into the calling of who they are. And, um, you know, so something powerful can be birthed in the church and in humanity, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, right, ladies? Yeah. And I think the the feminine genius and masculine genius isn't dependent upon your vocation. It's, it's given to you by God. So it's not just husbands that are called to be fathers, you know, or, or, or whatever. Like we are called to be spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, to offer the world everything that we are in the way that God has made us to be. And I would, I would love to hear what your thoughts on that, Sister Miriam. Oh, definitely. And I think, you know, I, you see the feminine genius is the, that, attentiveness to the person, right. And the masculine genius of laying down one's life so the bride can live. Like you see that, that mutual self gift. And, and that's really what so so often is missing in our hearts is that reality of that our lives are a gift to be given away. And they only make sense when we do that, that it's the full gift of self that we'll never be ultimately happy just serving ourselves because we're meant for eternal communion and relationship. So I think especially in the Advent season where you see Joseph and Mary preparing for the birth of Christ and you see how each of them in their own genius is being poured out. Uh, as a gift for the other, as a gift of receptivity. Mm. I think that's just so important in this kind of beautiful, quiet season of light. Um, yeah, that's something that I've been pondering lately, just spending some time in Nazareth and just watching them, right, as mm-hmm. we prepare for this time. That's beautiful. Amen. Amen. And so. so so we're about, we are almost out of time, Ellie, but we want to ask you, what are you doing for Advent, girl? Like, what are some things that are really important to you? How do you prepare for the coming of Jesus as this sweet little baby who's coming into our lives? Yeah, I um I try to up my prayer game. So I try to add just add something extra to make it um different during the season. And this season I am um praying with 33 days to merciful love. Oh, um that's beautiful. I love Father Michael Gately. Like he is oh so good. Um and so I I've done his 33 days to morning glory, but um I was really just struck by uh, just divine mercy in general and like Jesus coming, like just what a merciful father is that he gives his son. Um, so that's something that I'm doing during Advent. Um, and just, I'm also doing the blessed is she journal, um, and just really trying to enter in every single day, made a conscious effort to prepare my heart and to make room in my heart. Um, that yes, external things and, you know, setting up for Christmas and all that fun stuff, but really taking, some extra time every day um, to prepare my own heart for his coming. Cause I need him. That's awesome. Well, something that we do and that you probably know is that at the end of every show, we One have thing. a, <laughs> you do know this. Oh, I, this is so hard. Michelle, I, I understand it. why you do more than one because I was like, how do you just pick one? Like this See, is, Allie, I'm with I you, girl. totally love you. I totally love you. <laughs> she, she regularly breaks the rules. Can I just oh say gosh. that? Like Michelle is like the rule breaker. Oh my gosh. Hashtag I get rule it. breaker. But, 
But for you, Ellie, what is your one thing this week that is absolutely just blowing your heart up or just setting you on fire? Or What's your one thing that you could tell our listeners about? My one thing. Um, it's actually a prayer that um, a priest, my uh, former priest, now he's um, he moved somewhere else, but he used to pray over me before I would give a talk. And it's really simple. And it's just, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. But he like speaks it so fast and super repetitive. And that's just been something I've been praying with. Um, you know, it talks about in Bible praying at all times. So I'm trying to get in that habit of like, how can I just pray in all times when I don't think that I have words? And so I just praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Just praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, Jesus. Um, so that's been kind of rocking my world. Super simple. Something that you can pray um, every single day at all moments if you want. Um, but that's been my one thing. Oh, Michelle, so hard. One thing. Michelle, what about you? What's your one thing? One of my one things, and I think I may have said this last Advent season on the podcast, but I just broke out the holiday playlist um, for Christmas music. And I'm a big fan of Sarah Bralis. I love her. But her song, Love is Christmas, I love that song. And there's a line from it, and it says, love is who we are and no season can contain it. Love will never fail for that. And um, love is simply joy that I'm home. And I mean, I just love that song. It's just powerful. And her voice is haunting to me. I just think it is beautiful. So Heather, what is your one thing, dear? Well, my one thing is, um, actually, it's a Matt Marr song. A new video just came out. It's Jingle Bells. And you guys, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. He's like playing in this. It looks like he's playing in a lounge with this really cool band with a stand up bass. And and he is legitimately just so enjoying himself. Oh, and I watched great. that video and I was like, I love this. I love just seeing him having fun with his gifts. We've seen him in a variety of settings and playing for the Pope and all that. But to just see him jamming out to Jingle Bells with a group of really awesome musicians Oh, it's worth watching for sure. It'll totally just brighten your day. So oh, Jingle Bells, oh. Matt Marr. Yeah. Uh, Sister Miriam, what's that, yours? What's your one thing? That's beautiful. I'll check that out. Um, my one thing is a piece of art that I love. I, I'm just giving this Advent mission, just showing everybody beautiful images of, of Mary and Jesus. And there's a beautiful image by a very famous French artist named Bouguereau. And the song or the title of the painting is called Song of the Angels. Mm. And it is where Jesus is resting upon the heart of Mary and the angels are bending low and serenading them as he naps, as he's taking a nap on her heart. Oh, I love and that it is image. Just, oh it, he's just so fat. He's just so yeah. fat and just so yeah. beautiful. And you can see her feet, like her legs are crossed, Mary's legs are crossed, mm. and you can actually see her feet like peeking out under her dress. I'm like, it's just such a normal, like midday, you know, kind of rest and nap. And it just, it's so soothing. So you see it on Christmas cards. So that is my one thing. I just absolutely love that painting. It's <laughs> so gorgeous. Beautiful. Yeah. So... Well, Allie, you are just lovely. Can I just say that? It's been a ray of joy to have you on our show today. And thank you so much for sharing about Mary and Elizabeth and, and your experience of, of feminine friendships and feminine genius. And we just want to direct everybody to your Instagram account. Can you tell us what that is again so we can check it out? Yes, it's the oodles of doodles. <laughs> so check <laughs> okay. it out. It's going to be great. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? You can leave us a rating, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. If you would like the show notes emailed to you, you can email us at abidingtogetheratascensionpress.com. 
That is abidingtogetheratascensionpress.com to have all the show notes emailed to you. You can also find the show notes on the Ascension Press website, as well as each episode on the iTunes podcast app. You'll find everything there. You can join our private Facebook group and join our community and just get in on everything that's going on. We love to hear from you. Send us an email, give us a shout out. We are happy to be on the journey with you. And until next week, we will be abiding together. Thank you so much.